And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. And uh, on the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, we try to always uh, bring you the latest and greatest and also the brightest in terms of people out there who are intellectuals in their field, whether it be fitness, whether it be health, uh, whether it be um, medicine. And today I have the the distinguished privilege of having Dr. Jenna Ellis, who is an attorney and professor of law. She's also an international speaker, and she teaches constitutional law, and uh, she uh, teaches at Colorado Christian University. D- Dr. Ellis, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much, Dr. McElroy, for having me on. Um, it's a privilege to be with you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And I, I heard you on uh, the uh, radio show. It was Hugh Hewitt, I believe. And then I said, uh, well, I definitely want to have her on because the the topic that you have is so prescient today with the uh, ever-changing uh, landscape of law and uh, how it's affecting us on a daily basis as citizens. Yes, absolutely. And it, it was also a privilege to be on his show. And um, this is a topic that I have been teaching for the last few years. And then uh, my book, The Legal Basis for a Moral Constitution, was just published in December of last year. And it's been especially timely to educate um, the greater community about the true context of our Constitution. And uh, many people understand that that's uh, becoming, they're becoming more aware of why they need to get educated in it rather than simply leaving it to uh, whatever media biased reports that they may happen to hear. So I'm very happy to be part of that education and particularly talking about uh, legislating morality and what moral law has to do with the Constitution. Yeah, and that's a deep subject because uh, we think of the Constitution as a, as, a, as a document that our country is, you know, that's the basis, the moral code of our country. And yet today we act like the Constitution, you know, as I think it was uh, Dick Gephardt or maybe as Al Gore used to say, it's a living, breathing document. It kind of bends with the whims of the day, and it, it's just like this ongoing constitutional convention nowadays, uh, especially with the Supreme Court uh, basically changing laws as they as they want to every time they make a make a um, a ruling. Right. And that's, it's been really fascinating to see the shift in the last about 50 years or so that uh, the court especially, but all three branches of government have, that have tried to recreate the Constitution's context and what it genuinely is. And so if we go back and we look at um, how the founders actually set up our country, um, everyone asks the the question, is something constitutional? Is a law constitutional? Is the Supreme Court opinion constitutional? But we never ask, where does the Constitution get its authority from? And in the law, um, you have to have an appeal to a source of legitimate authority. And so what is the context of the Constitution? And that specifically, the answer to that is in the Declaration of Independence, where the founders set up that the only proper role of government is to preserve and protect our rights that come from God. And so the Constitution is not actually a grant of rights 
to individual citizens, but rather the founders understood and acknowledged that all of our rights come from God. They said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with Mm -hmm. certain unalienable rights. And so the only proper role of the Constitution is to preserve and protect those rights, and it is a grant of very specific, limited powers Mm -hmm. to the federal government to operate distinctly for that purpose. Right, and a lot of people uh, think that the government gives the rights, but really the Constitution is, and I believe it was uh, Thomas Jefferson who said that the Constitution are chains around the hands of man so that the government cannot become tyrannical. So the the Constitution wasn't created to uh, give rights to citizens from the government. The Constitution was created to protect citizens, protect their individual liberty, and grant certain very specific delineated uh, articles of uh, um, basically certain certain requirements that the federal government should do, but not this overreaching authority that they have now. Exactly, exactly. And so so even terming our Bill of Rights a, a Bill of Rights is a little bit of a misnomer because, uh, for example, you and I each individually have the right to free speech, free exercise of religion, um, all of the things that the First Amendment protects. And so mm-hmm. the the way that we express that should actually be change a little bit to to really put it in the proper context. Rather than saying my First Amendment right to free speech, it should be my right that comes from God that is preserved mm-hmm. and protected by the First Amendment. Right, and some of the founders, and I believe it, maybe it was James Madison, objected to the inclusion of a, a Bill of Rights because he, whoever it was, felt that... It's Hamilton. 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 Hamilton didn't feel like there should be a Bill of Rights because he said the Constitution speaks for itself. We don't have to say anything else. We've already limited it. So everything else is a right. Everything else, as the Constitution says, is granted to the states or its citizens that is not in the enumerated powers. Right. And that's um, his argument for that is actually in Federalist um, 84. And he... Um, Madison was the one who wanted to include that. And they mm-hmm. went back and forth and had okay. that ultimate compromise that said, okay, we're going to to include then the Ninth and Tenth Amendments to say whatever powers are not, specifically say whatever powers are not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and the people. Now, that should have been obvious given the context and the framework of the Constitution and the grant of limited powers, Mm -hmm. but because the Bill of Rights was included. And and again, I think that the title is actually a, a little bit of a misnomer. It should be a Bill of Protections. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there was that compromise to say, we are going to have uh, what we know as the Bill of Rights and preserve and, and protect each of those freedoms. Because even if um, the, for example, in Article 1, Section 8 is the authority that Congress has to legislate on certain very specific topics. And so then the founders included the Bill of Rights to say, just in case, Congress, that you Mm -hmm. had any idea that you had power beyond that to infringe on, for example, the right to keep and bear arms, um, any of those things that the Bill of Rights specifically enumerates and protects, we are going to tell you these, these specific rights are so, so dear and so critical to freedom, liberty, and self-government, we are going to specifically say Congress shall make no law 
establishing religion, infringing upon rights, etc. Absolutely. Uh, this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm uh, having Dr. Jenna Ellis, and we're discussing the Constitution and its moral basis. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that are happening now, and especially an exciting thing called the Convention of the States and uh, how that can maybe help a reverse course that we're kind of going down this uh, uh, almost tyrannical pathway. This Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We'll be right back. Hi there, this is Dr. Tommy McElroy. You didn't go to medical school so you could fill out paperwork. Got into medicine because you wanted to help people. You want to make a difference. You want to heal and connect with your patients. Atlas MD is the EMR that will help you get to where you always wanted to go. Learn how to transition your practice to direct care and learn more about Atlas MD EMR at atlas.md. That's A-T-L-A-S dot M-D. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm uh, talking with Dr. Jenna Ellis, who is a constitutional law professor. And uh, before we take a break, we're talking about the Convention of the States. And this is something that um, I I heard about through uh, Mark Levin's book, uh, The Liberty Amendments. And it's a way that there's a way that we as states, since it's unlikely to happen, I think, uh, through the central powers in Washington, D.C., we as states can actually uh, change the Constitution back to where it was supposed to be originally uh, through our own actions without having to go through Washington, D.C. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And that's through Article 5. And um, and the biggest misnomer about a convention of states is that it would rewrite the entire Constitution or because there is the ability uh, within the text and the power of the Constitution to amend it, that that means mm-hmm. that the Constitution is somehow this living, breathing document. That's not true. The purpose of Article 5 is to, to um, have a legal mechanism for the Constitution to be amended in order to return it, as you said, to its original intent, mm-hmm. which is to preserve and protect our rights. And so it is very concrete. It is very, it says what it uh, what it says, it's a legal document that has a clear binding meaning. Mm-hmm. But when government usurps its power, then we can go back into the limited grant of power as we the people and particularly we the states and say, federal government, you have not been careful with this power. You've abused this specific power. So we're going to redistribute that or we're going mm-hmm. to now place term limits, for example, on the Supreme Court. That is all done through Article 5, and there are two ways uh, to do that. The first is through Congress. Congress mm-hmm. can propose an amendment anytime they're in session. They do that. Um, they've done that, and we've actually amended the Constitution 27 times, and yet it still those amendments have to be ratified through the states. The second way, what Mark Levin's talking about, it's uh, conventionofstates.com. Um, it is a, a project that seeks to utilize that second way, which is that the states essentially step into the role of Congress. And when two-thirds of the states come together and call for a convention of states for the purpose of proposing amendments, they can, rather than Congress proposing the amendments, the states can. And then the same ratification mechanism of three-fourths of the states uh, ratifying that in order for it to become an active amendment still applies. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of pushback against that uh, from basically establishment types because it does remove their power in a lot of ways. We don't have to now. We don't have to go hat in hand to Washington D.C. and beg them and plead with them and pay them to say, please do this thing that we want. We'll just do it ourselves. And, you know, we'll get it. And there's all, we're, there's a growing number of states that have already signed on to the project. And uh, I think this is a, 
you know, this is kind of like you're seeing it all over, you know, in Britain with the Brexit vote and everything else. These people are trying to uh, reassert their own liberty. And uh, I think that can be a, it, it can be very dangerous to the established uh, interests who are already entrenched in, uh, you know, using their power and influence to command authority in the way it's always been done, as far as I can remember. Absolutely. And when the federal government has continued to usurp even more and more power and read into uh, the Constitution and try to sell us this legal fiction that says, no, we actually have all of this other power mm-hmm. that they really don't, um, then, then of course, Congress is not going to limit itself. It's probably very happy with its with its power, and so is the Supreme Court. And um, but if we look at the the Constitution, how it was originally designed, we are a constitutional republic. We mm-hmm. are not. Um, a, a tyranny that is from Washington that says we are going to tax all of the states and then mm-hmm. give it back to you only when you go along with what you tell us, for example. And so we've seen that state sovereignty, that idea of federalism, the idea that the states actually can make law and decide things for themselves mm-hmm. on a local level, mm-hmm. that has been more and more eroded away. And so um, I, I genuinely believe as a constitutional um, expert and attorney, I believe that this project is the most critical next significant step for the states to reclaim their sovereignty and put some very tangible limits on the federal government. And, and I think that's that's what we have to do, because as Mark Levin says, we're, we're really, I mean, truth, if we had to really be honest with, yourself, with ourselves, we're living in a post-constitutional period. Uh, we're living in a period where the Constitution is sometimes followed, sometimes not followed, uh, where the Constitution is, like I said, they, they talk about the Convention of States being a, uh, a possible runaway convention. Well, I, I tell you, just about every time that the Supreme Court or the, the un, unelected fourth um, branch of government, the bureaucracy makes laws, uh, you know, the EPA and things like that, those are that, that's extra constitutional. And I, it makes me feel like if there's a way to get back, it's got to be this way because we are, I mean, the way we're going, we're in a post-constitutional period, whether we like it or not. We are. And the Supreme Court mentions the Constitution almost as a required token reference, but they are not in any way being legitimately constitutional and saying, what powers does the Constitution actually grant us to adjudicate this matter? Congress is not saying what what constitutional powers um, are actually granted to us to legislate. They're just token referencing mm-hmm. it as as if it's it's just something that they that they have to do. It's almost like a, a you know a genuflect or something. Right. And so um, so this for for the sum. Uh, embedded risk in a convention of states being called. It is definitely not a constitutional convention. It is does not have the authority to completely rewrite the Constitution. Uh-huh. Um, so the only thing we're talking about here is the risk of perhaps getting a couple of amendments that um, some people may not think are the best. But that particular risk is absolutely necessary to mm-hmm. uh, to become a constitutional republic again. And also, if you look at the number of states, 38 states that would have to ratify an amendment for it to become a valid part of the Constitution and operating law, that's a really, really high number. And frankly, I trust the local level uh, legislators that really understand their position and that that is such a high number. You're not going to get anything just absolutely ridiculous that would come through and actually be ratified. Well, I think the real danger is, is that what you said exactly, because once you have 38 states are on board, 
you know how <clears throat> do you know how in tune the people would be then that aren't now the people who are now consumed by uh television and and then if you walked them walk down the street and ask them who was thomas jefferson uh they wouldn't know any different than george george jefferson was and so once you if you were able to permeate this this idea that there is a, a constitution and went down to 38 states were actually involved with that the average citizen would be educated and i think that's a danger uh, to some of the entrenched interests that there are educated people out there. Um, they're no longer mind numb robots heading to the polls, uh, pulling levers uh, for whoever is going to best uh, pay them uh, later on. And I think that's, that's what the real, um, I think that's what the real challenge is, is uh, getting around that because there are the entrenched powers who, if, if the constitution or if there was a convention of states project like this, a lot of people would be awakened and a lot of people would probably start uh, having to actually work for a job or work for a living. Yeah, this is a very significant time in America's history where we can, we're at a crossroads where we can go uh, back to our American experiment and the original intent of this project, which was to give uh, to the people the most self-government and liberty possible. That's where when the, when the founders um, wrote the declaration and they said this is the only purpose of civil government is to make sure we preserve and protect our rights. And then they said, well, you know, how, how do we actually do that? What does the government look like that is self-governed? And that's how we ultimately ratified the original U.S. Constitution. And um, it was never intended to become this big uh, bureaucracy that's now in Washington. And so we stand at this crossroads that do we really believe in the principles of liberty? And I, I believe that Americans in general understand um, they understand freedom and liberty as American ideals and values, but they don't understand how to correlate that back to why our Constitution says what it does. And so the more educated they become, the more they realize that the, that the other direction we could go, the, um, the increasing federal government, the, um, the more entitlement programs, the bigger bureaucracy is not actually in their best interest. And that is the, the, the critical thing that Washington does not want each individual to know is Absolutely that if they, if they scale back and they are much, much smaller – we actually have so much more freedom and we can understand what it really truly means to be an American and be in a true, like you said, true freedom, uh, $19 trillion in debt. And, uh, it's unsustainable. Um, this has Dr. Tommy show. And when we return, we're going to talk to Jenna about her book and then some of the other things she has coming up. And then we'll learn more about how to get in touch with her. This has Dr. Tommy show. We'll be right back. Echelon Health is a concierge medicine practice. So what's included with concierge medicine membership? Well, all office visits and procedures are included. Also, our patients access wholesale pricing on labs and medications. They communicate with the doctor and staff through text, email, and cell phone. They also enjoy same-day or next-day appointments, all for one yearly fee. Echelon Health is medical care for a modern lifestyle. Join us online at tampadirectcare.com to learn more. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm Dr. Tommy McRoy, and I'm talking with Dr. Jenna Ellis, who is a constitutional law uh, professor. And uh, we're talking about the Convention of the States uh, beforehand. And if, if, you're, if you're interested more about the Convention of States project, um, you, you can follow it uh, at the conventionofstates.com. Is that it? 
Yes, conventionofstates.com. Yeah, conventionofstates.com. And another thing I'd like you to do is if you're interested in learning more about, in general, uh, just all the different things about the Constitution and liberty and things, I'd invite you to watch Levin TV. Uh, Levin TV is Mark Levin's uh, uh, TV show, which is a subscription-based, but it's online. And that's a really excellent uh, thing because I actually saw an interview with a uh, person who was involved with the Convention of States. And I think, Jenna, you say you wrote the in- intro to your book. Yes, uh, Michael Ferris, who's also a constitutional law attorney, um, and he was the co-founder with Mark Meckler of the Convention of States Project. Um, and he was actually my first constitutional uh, law professor. And um, he gave me the great honor of writing the foreword to my book, which um, explains more just so much more about what we've been talking about, um, Dr. McElroy, during this program, and also um, how we can use the Convention of States project to get back to the original intent. And uh, so if you want to find out more about me and get um, a copy, my book is available at any uh, major retailer, um, but also at jennaellis.org. That's J-E-N-N-A-E-L-L-I-S.org. And we'll put that in the show notes. And it's the legal basis for a moral constitution. And man, what, what a... What a great thing to kind of digest and understand, especially for those who are maybe like we were saying earlier, there a lot of people understand there's freedom and the necessary that freedom is a good thing, but they don't really understand the the, the nuances of it. And uh, I think once they understand that more, they'll be able to hold their uh, local elected physician or officials um, feet to the fire a little bit closer and, and be a little bit more demanding so that we can bring breathe life into the ninth and 10th amendments, which is in my opinion, they're almost not even even thought of nowadays. They're they're neglected completely. And and the wonderful thing about teaching constitutional law uh, to me is that it is so available as a topic um, to understand, to comprehend, and to get involved in for every single individual. This isn't something that we have to leave to uh, the robes that are out in Washington who have some sort of you know, higher understanding of what the Constitution is. The founders understood that freedom and liberty begins with every individual simply understanding the mechanics of the way that our government works. And it's not complicated, but it does take just a little bit of effort to understand the role of the Constitution. And so uh, my book is basically a guide to everyone, uh, whether or not you're a lawyer, to understand what a constitutional republic means and how we can best preserve our own freedoms and liberty for ourselves and for our posterity, as the founders particularly said. Absolutely. As Walter Williams likes to say, it's like the uh, rules of the game. And he says he carries a, a, a copy of the Constitution around him all, with him all the time. And if anybody ever challenges on something, well, he says, well, show it to me here in the Constitution where that says that, because these are the rules. These are the rules of, our, of, of what our country was founded on. And you can actually get a copy of the Constitution. I used to be able to get it for free. I'm not sure if you can anymore from Cato and Heritage. But either yes. way, you can still get them uh, if it's not free. And it's a great little handbook. It's about uh, it's, it's no bigger than the size of a pres- prescription pad. So. Right. And with, with our ability to, to access smartphones and even, you know, Wi-Fi on airplanes and mm-hmm. all that, it's also the National Archives um, has an online text of the Constitution, the Declaration, the Bill of Rights, all of that we can just so easily yep. pull up anymore. Yeah, you can even, yeah, you, like you say, you could just download it and have his electronic copy. Right. And I even have an app as well. That's <laughs> that's the Constitution. And that's when you have to be really concerned is when it when it pops up and says you have an, uh, an update for Uh-oh. your constitution app. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you're really concerned. Yeah. You have to wonder, okay, is it good? Is it time to go lock the doors and then, you know, get all the food together or not? <laughs> right. And what did the Supreme court do today? Right. That there's, oh, they revoke something. 
Uh, is there anything you got planned coming up this summer? Any uh, special events or any uh, anything special going on? Yes. Well, uh, Mike Ferris and I actually uh, do constitutional literacy conferences together. We are willing to um, to come to almost any venue and um, and d- discuss more of this and provide that resource to um, any group of people who just wants to learn more. So um, get in touch with me at jennaellis.org um, if you are interested in holding one of those events. We have a couple of um, conferences coming up um, in uh, October, November timeframe um, in Virginia and Pennsylvania. So um, some of those will be available as well on my website. Um, but that's that's the best way to to really learn is to just um, to, to have that education and to make it a priority to take just one day out of your schedule and devote that to becoming an active, informed citizen. So, um, so that's, that's the best project that I'm really excited about uh, that, that Mike and I are working on. And certainly uh, pick up a copy of the book as well, The Legal Basis for a Moral Constitution. Um, and again, my website is jennaellis.org. Yes, and, I, and like I said, this is uh, this is probably the most important thing that is coming now. I mean, you, you hate to be uh, overly um, hyper, you hate to have hyperbole or be hyperbolic, but really, in this in this period of time, the constant the convention of the states project is 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 it will be our defining moment. I think in the history of our country, uh, our country is a little over two hundred years old. It's been a um, an experiment. It's been the most radical uh, experiment in terms of freedom, in terms of enumerating freedom and documenting freedom and limiting government and uh, making the individual the sovereign where, uh, as opposed to the, the monarch who's a sovereign. And not, not, there's nothing to say that we will last forever. And it is up to us as citizens to make it last or up to us to make it the way we want it. Because if you rely on your leaders in Washington, like I said, $19 trillion, a, a bureaucracy so big, it's as big as the universe. You probably would never even be able to wrap your, your brain around how big it is. It is never going to get fixed that way. It's only going to get worse. So we have to do it ourselves. Yes. As uh, Benjamin Franklin put it so aptly as he was coming out of the, uh, the Pennsylvania, the, the, um, the hall there in Pennsylvania, he, he was asked, um, so, you know, what have we got in terms of our government? And he said, a constitutional republic if you can keep it. Yep. And he understood that it's incumbent upon every generation to preserve that and actually keep it. Absolutely. And if you read the Declaration of Independence today, reading those words, it's it's kind of chilling. And uh, I invite you to read that. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Ellis, for coming on. I really enjoyed it. And I hope our uh, audience enjoyed it. And, um, and we'll go to your website and learn more about the Convention of States and buy your book. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. You're very welcome. And for all of you listening, we thank you for listening on iTunes. We thank you for listening across the world, actually. I think it's 35 countries. And uh, especially, you know, we have listeners here in Tampa, but we have listeners all over the country. Two-thirds of our listeners are out of, outside of Florida, where, where I broadcast from. And so we thank you for listening. So if you'd like to hear more of the Ask Dr. Tommy show, go to AskDrTommy.com or download us on iTunes. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more show news and information, go to AskDrTommy.com. And be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health and on Twitter at Tampa Direct Care. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at tampadirectcare.com.